Hey everyone, welcome to What Are You Watching? I'm Alex Withrow and I'm joined by my best man, Nick Dostal. How you doing there, Spider? Spider? <laughs> Which the, one's Spider? The kid! Oh, god damn it! <laughs> god damn it! That, like, everyone hates. God damn it! <laughs> from, is, I know, can't say any of their names. I don't know any of their names. Spider's the best I could do. I thought you were going to give me a, a, a four, like a, a classic Jim Cameron Reference. Thought you were gonna go with, uh, you know, Hicks, aliens, yeah, aliens being. Yeah, yeah, that's but I get it. It's Avatar too. I built you up a lot over the All past right. couple ones. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, Spider's a real drop, but uh, but I guess. Well, he's uh, kind of a hero in it. He kind of saves. We'll wearing, talk about Spider. He's wearing a loincloth. He is for the whole time. And the he whole hisses. Time. He, he hisses, hisses like one of them. Avatar two. Wait, Avatar, wait. the way of water. Yes, go ahead. I'm excited to be here. Oh, yes, we forgot. thank you. Thank we're, you. We see when we're in person, we get too caught up. It's also um, New Year's Eve is the day we're recording this. It's going to be released a few weeks later, but that's okay because, you know, this movie will still be in theaters the month after it's released, which is, you know, it's Big Jim, Avatar, the way of water. It's here. What did we think? Was it worth the wait? <laughs> Was it worth the cost of a 3D ticket, an IMAX 3D ticket? Is it worth sitting there for three hours and 12 minutes? This is the Avatar episode. This is the Big Jim episode. What did you think? Did you like it? Yes. Yes, I did too. I, I did I too. I fucking honestly. loved it. <laughs> yeah. I can't even lie. Like I found myself very pleasantly surprised just in the middle of the first watch going, okay, I, I get what he's doing here. Like I, I like it. This is definitely more high octane than Avatar, the first one, but... I yeah I, so so let's let's start there let's go let's back look. since we both really liked Avatar two what were we bringing into this like Avatar expectations experiences because I saw Avatar the weekend it came out in two thousand nine yeah I did not think I would ever watch it again I decided it's on Disney, it's on Disney plus so I decided to put it on the night before I saw saw Avatar two it did help like remind me of some stuff but I can't say it's his most you know rewatchable movie so me. I, I knew I was going to see Avatar 2 because it's Big Jim and we're going to go. I didn't really think I was going to like it as much as I did based on the first movie. Yeah, the 2009, I remember seeing it in theaters, 3D, mm -hmm. and having like a blast with the visuals oh, yeah. of oh, the yeah. movie. Like, it, even then, it was undeniable. Mm -hmm. uh, was not my favorite James Cameron movie, and I'm a big JC guy, and uh, I, I love. I, I, we should count how many different names we're gonna throw at him. You got Big Jim. I always say Big Jim. We're gonna go I with Jimbo. Big... There's gonna be a Jimmy Jimbo. C. Uh, yeah, Big Jimbo. Big Jimbo. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm gonna do it. Why don't you? Every time you reference him, you come up with a new name, and I'll just stick with Big Jim. All right, all right, that sounds good. <laughs> all right, so Jimmy C. Jimmy C. Be, yeah. Being a big fan, JC is a good one because you know, yeah, Jesus he considers himself a bit of a god. I oh think. Yes. So, yeah, and as he is, as, as he, he is. is. <laughs> and um, but it, it was not my favorite of all of, all of his movies. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I could not imagine like just watching it on TV. Like, well, the, it didn't really work for me. Yeah, like, when I watched it for this one, yeah, like yeah. Th this is a situation where I think he started a thing and continues now. I think with even Avatar two, where it's like. I don't really know how you watch these movies other than on the big screen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you can't, because clearly you can. Yeah. But I mean, the going into this one, the well, I mean, I remember when we first heard that Avatar 2 was going to happen, mm -hmm. and it was going to be like this giant wait. Right, right. I just remember thinking for a long time, pessimistically, that this was just like, oh my God, like you're really double down. Yeah. And then you find out there was going to be three, four, and five in the mix. <laughs> 
and you're like, really, this is what you're gonna do with like basically, I'd imagine like like your career, the rest of his career, the rest it's of his got, career yeah, is yeah. this Avatar thing. And I just didn't think the first one was good enough to like carry on that mm-hmm. legacy. But then you hear about this for so long, I just kind of numbed it all out. Yeah, like all right, yeah. I just I've accepted yeah. that this is what he's doing. <laughs> so finally, 2022 comes. My expectations were very low. Mm-hmm, same. So they went from really high to low over the course of 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And I just sat down by myself. I got my 3D glasses on. I'm like, I'm just ready for whatever this is going to be. Right, right. And I was so happy. I was blown away. It was I, it was so much fun. I couldn't agree more. Like, I went and saw it by myself, sat down, IMAX 3D, and I went, okay. I mean, the first thing, <laughs> we already talked about this, but one of the things I loved is he just starts. It goes. Yeah. So hard, arguably one of the hardest scenes in the movie is in the first 10 minutes. And I, I mean, people were still like getting settled in their seats and we're still like getting adjusted. Like, okay, this is what everything looks like. And I, I really liked, I mean, there's some, there's some voiceover, big Jim, not the best at voiceover. And we're getting a little caught up about who people are, but it's going very quickly. And then when they, too quick. Yes. Yes. For for as long as the movie is, it's like cruising by this stuff. And you know, the Sigourney Weaver clone baby thing there, they, they just literally brush that off with like, no one can explain how this happened. And then they're they're just moving, they're moving. (laughs) They're going. going. Uh, We had four kids, or we had three kids and adopted kid. Like everything's everything's moving. But then when they start to show that the you know the the what do they call them the space people? Yeah, the sky people. The sky people are coming to destroy Pandora. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie in terms of action. Like that laser that was just like and destroying it. It was so hardcore. But I really loved like part of Avatar. It takes so long to establish the world and like this Jake Scully guy and. I mean, more than half of that movie is like, what is all this? And he's questioning everything. And there's all this denial, which to me, that type of stuff doesn't really hold up on rewatches. But they got to skip all that for part two. And they just threw us in. And I really like that. But you mentioned that it, it was a lot very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly did not really settle into the movie until uh, now they have fled the forest. Yeah. And I, I kind of felt like once they got to the, I don't remember what it's called, but the, the water the world. The water, yeah, sure. The sure. water. Once they got to the water, um, that's when I was like, okay, this is where the movie can begin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and, and it feels like that, it does, too. Like, it does. The pace slows. Yeah. We get to enjoy mm-hmm. this, like, beautiful. But, I mean, I'm also already taken by the visuals. Right. I mean, people. You got to see this in 3D. Well, that I mean, that that's yeah. my next question. Number one, yeah. like, should we, this is, we didn't feel a rush to release this, like, Bardo opening day. Like, yay, Bardo, which How's no that? one is watching. How's it doing, <laughs> How's it doing? How's it doing? <laughs> but Avatar 2, this one, this movie's going to be in the conversation for so long. There's, like, no other movie in the theater right now. We were going to go see one last night. We're like, it's Avatar, Babylon, and the Whale. Like, there's just nothing else worth even considering because no one wants to compete against Big Jim. But... If you're on the fence or if, you know, this, you don't think this is going to be your type of movie, but you like things that look cool, for lack of a better phrase, you got to go see this. And then I think our argument is if you're going and you're showing up, just fork out the few extra dough to see it in 3D, IMAX 3D, whatever it is. Like I have no desire. I actually have already seen this twice. I have no desire to go see this like in regular format, right? I mean, and it plays that way, but... You got to go see it. Being someone that's not a fan of CGI uh, very much, mm-hmm. like I, we, we talk a lot about like, I like how it's textured as opposed to being like the whole piece of the pie. Yes. This is a world that he has crafted that is meant to be seen in 3D. Mm-hmm. And like when I threw on those goggles and we started, 
goggles, glasses. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I didn't even catch that. I know. It's awesome. And, uh, and well, we're and, underwater, so it kind of yeah, fit. Yeah, That's yeah. why. I, yeah, yeah let's go it, with it. it tracks. It tracks. Come on, people. <laughs> um, it it. I was like, okay, this is. I've never seen anything like this. I haven't either. I, and, I yeah. th- this is truly cool. And I remember, like, there were a couple times where I would watch, like, because there was a while after Avatar where 3D movies were a huge thing. They really tried. They, they were really tried. Like, he, even Cameron did it with um, Titanic. Like, yeah. He, they were doing a lot of yep. post-conversion, and then they were trying, like, this is going to be the new thing, and no one gave a shit. And it, it kind of has gone away. It has. Yeah. And it only really worked when it was filmed in 3D, because yep. they would do these transfers post, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would get motion sickness. So would I. So like, would I. I'd come yeah. out of the theater and be like, okay, that, like, I remember I saw Frozen in 3D. Oh, my God. And I was I, like, because that movie was not meant for 3D. Right. Right. And I'm and I'm like, I got to uh, this is the rest of my night was ruined. Right. Yeah. And so this is not like that. <laughs> no, not Th- at all. This is not like that. It's smooth. Mm-hmm. It's um, I don't know. Maybe it was just my vantage point from where I was in the theater. But didn't it always feel like there was like water slightly like at the very bottom of the screen? Like we were always sort of like watching it like in water. Yeah. Well, I mean, once they get to the water, he doesn't want you to forget that it's there. And yeah. you know, the only time we really cut away from it is when we go to like, you know, the bad guys the bad, yeah. and stuff. But even there, like getting to the water and on it. Yeah. Like, yes, I do not think 3D has ever looked like this. I think this is the best use of it. And to your point, some of the reasons we can be so critical of bad computer graphics or just of computer graphics is because they're recreating things that we already know exist, like mm-hmm. skylines in the background where it just looks like off, like any movie set in DC. Now the Capitol looks like weird. The mod- it, I don't know. It's like glossy and shiny. You can just tell it's fake, but he now has the opportunity to build everything yes. from scratch. And you just kind of, it's so much easier to accept. Yes. That, like this is all of course fake. I mean, everyone's blue. We get it. And it allows me Someone who's not the biggest fan of animated movies or the biggest fan of wholly computer graphic mo- like motion pictures, genuinely, this is these are all the criticisms I had of the first Avatar. But now, I don't know. I was just so much more accepting of it. And I think that's because, honestly, it just looks so fucking good. Yeah. It, there's like, it, there's, that's such a basic way to say it, but it's true. It, it just looks great. It, wow. <laughs> whatever, whatever 10 years he needed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do this old Cameron of Jim. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he he. Uh, I mean, he, it was worth it. Yeah, I think it was worth it. The technology is really interesting for like a uh, you know a nerd like me, nerds like us to watch how he's changing the frame rate a lot, and it would get really sped up, and everything would look really crisp, and then he'll go back to like kind of normal twenty four forty eight frames. I really like that. I think I've heard some people say. Is that going to be distracting or it looks attracting? It doesn't. Like, it plays well. It plays very well. Well, it feels like, it, it, honestly, it feels like a cinematography move. It yeah. feels like, you know, cinematography is the camera's way of telling the story. Mm-hmm. Because this is all so digitalized, and I don't even know if that's the right word, but whatever it is, when the camera does make those movements or that speed rate is sped up, it feels like a tool. Yeah. Yeah. To convey the story as opposed to, oh, we're just changing this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I want to draw to people's attention. Like when you do see it, he's adding like camera mess ups on purpose into posts, like those zooms he does in the action, yeah. like those really quick zooms. He does that in his live action work too, or the camera shaky. He really likes to hold the camera himself during action scenes. Even every time you see a lens flare, like that's something that he's adding just to give a little. 
to make it seem a little more humane and like human to us because there there'd be no lens flare in the situation he's shooting in obviously he's adding that in but it would be if this was a real world we would be seeing that lens flare from the sun so yeah i love that shit just adding in those intentional quote-unquote mistakes to make it feel more realistic do you think this movie is ever boring or slow that it's a lot. Three twelve is a lot to ask of someone, and you're not in the theater for three hours and twelve minutes. Because if you see it in AMC like I did, and you yeah. get the awesome Mission Impossible promo, the new Oppenheimer trailer, which was really cool. I was like, I usually don't watch trailers, but I went, whatever. I'm just, I'm here. It's in IMAX. It was 28 minutes after you know the Nicole Kidman sit down thing. It was 20, <laughs> 28 minutes from when it said Avatar two was going to start to when it did. So you know people are in the theaters in some cases for three hours and forty five minutes. Yeah, is it worth it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I it think is. So. It is. Did you ever feel like bored checking your phone? Anything like that? No, I. Well, there? I mean, I never check my phone. Yeah, that would be a real bad situation if I'm checking my phone. I would really need to go back and watch it again. I did not really enjoy that first, the, the part that you liked the most. Right. I I am like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, this yeah. is very fast. Mm-hmm. This is like, I remember feeling all of that time. Right. And it wasn't until we were, I think it was like when we were first exploring the water yeah. land area that I was like, Whoa. And then from that point on with the whole story as it goes from there, I was in. But then from that point on, I didn't want it to end. Right. Like right. that that last action sequence, I was like, I, I could stay here forever watching this. This yeah, is I mean, so much fun. It ends, if you're a fan of action movies and you like Big Jim's films, it ends with a sequence that will not disappoint. It's like 45 minutes, an hour long. That, yeah. That echoes Titanic, echoes Terminator 2. He's calling back in a really cool way to yes. all of his best work. I mean, there's references to the abyss, obviously to aliens in those suits they're in. The main reason that I went back to see this a second time, there's two actually. Number one, I was so overcome with the visuals the first time I saw it. And I was not, I was letting the story take a backseat. I wasn't really tracking like who the characters were. It can be a little hard for me to tell some of them apart just because they all kind of look the same because of the technology. Wow. And oh, wow. 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 Yeah, sorry. Wow. Little Pandora racism. Yeah, here. I that, apologize. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, the, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The water people look different. So it was easy to tell them apart. Why? Because they're... <laughs> Because they're greener, you oh foresters. I know. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I was letting the story take a backseat. I was like following everything along, but I, I really loved the relationship between the sun and the whale, but I, I was missing. <laughs> I was missing. What? Is that sentence you said it so seriously? I really love the relationship between the sun and the whale. It's my favorite fucking part of no, the movie. It's I know. It's but I'm it. saying, I'm, I promise I have a point. But I wasn't tracking the story importance of everything because most of us can agree story, character, not the biggest tools in Big Jim's bag, right? He's an action set piece guy. Yes, he is. So I was more taken with that. And I love the visual look of it. I got home because I really didn't want to know that much about the movie. Everyone's been talking about it, but <laughs> this is embarrassing to admit. I got home and realized that they shot the underwater scenes underwater. I had no idea that they had done that. And I went, uh, what? Like, how did you do that? So that immediately made me want to go back and see it again, which I did. And then I was able to pay a lot more attention to the story and it was better than I was giving it credit for after yeah. one viewing. It's it's a stronger story than Avatar, you know, one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure it is. And I mean, but it's also, it's it's a simple story. It is. Very, You know, very. I mean, uh, if for its revolutionary 
uh, achievements that it's made with both the first one and second one. I don't think the stories are the most original that that old Jimmy C has has put together in his career. I think I've used that one already. Yeah. Like one of the best components that makes James Cameron James Cameron is that he makes all of these crazy movies, but he manages to get to the heart of mm-hmm. the human mm-hmm. you know experience in a way that like I just. Because it's such an action-based thing, right? Like, how does he make us feel the way I cried twice during? We this both movie. cried in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah, we admitted yeah. that we did. Yeah, and and it's just I, every time I did it, I just go, God damn it, James! Yeah, you did it again, <laughs> you, you son it. of a bitch! Son of a bitch! You got me! You got me! That's what makes him him mm-hmm. is that he's able to do all of this. Possibly one of the greatest action directors of all time, if not maybe, if not the if best. maybe not yeah. the best, if you really think. But we'll get into his past work with that. Mm-hmm. But um, for always kind of bringing it back to what matters the most, right? What are we really, really holding on to? Yeah, and yeah. I think the first one was actually missing a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the one where I didn't. I mean, outside of just like the injustice of like how could this be happening to yeah. these people? Right. That 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 that's so big as opposed to kind of like you know that one that good heart chord. Yeah, and uh, we can. I don't want to do a full like plot breakdown. We'd be here for a while, and it that would be a struggle for me to go through that. But I mean, basically, like Jake Scully, that you know, Sam Worthington and Zoe Solanda, they're married now. He is permanently an avatar. He's good. That's how the first one ended. So he's permanently an avatar. And I mean, you know. Please help me fill in some gaps here. But the Sky People, they come and like fuck Pandora up. It's like it's 10 years after the first movie. Sky People come, fuck Pandora up. It's moving very fast. And then it's like a year later and they need to him their family, the main family, Sam and Zoe. They now have four kids and they need to go like hiding out from, you know, the Sky People and from the bad people. So they make their way to the water from the forest to the water and they have to kind of ask permission like can we stay well, here can we chill here well don't they don't they don't they fuck up like With what like cuz there, there's a reason why they leave the forest no one else does it's yeah. because it's because of him it's because of Jake yeah yeah that's because right because they're coming for they're coming, they're for, coming him. for him and they're like you need to get out of here yeah. like, this is all about you because it's your fault right because son of a bitch guy, yeah <laughs> um Qu- Quitridge, Stephen Lang, that is that how you say Quitridge with the main? Okay, I, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 the main heavy from the first one who hired Jake Scully, you know, and took him under his wing. He was killed in Avatar One, but now he's been brought back in the form of a clone, and he's in now a uh, what are they called? Avatar. Not na- yeah, but the Nahiri or oh, brother, see, I, I fucked it up. Okay, now he's <laughs> he's been cloned into an Avatar body, so he's still the mean old angry bastard that he is. But now he has the strength and the size of them. All of his men and women under his command have also been cloned. So he's saying, you know, mission one, I'm gonna go get Jake, and that's that's pretty much it. The bad dude is coming to get Jake, and Jake goes to hide out in the water and things happen and you know there are difficulties with the water people not everyone meshes well there's tensions there's this and that one of jake's sons the youngest son forms an incredibly emotional and touching bond with a whale that was like genuinely my favorite part of the movie and you know big jim is an animal rights activist and that really comes to fruition in this scene or in this film because well we'll get to that scene but i mean let's just talk about that relationship a little bit between the boy and this whale which I, I think is just one of my favorite things he's ever put uh, on screen in one of his movies. I believed all of it. I agree. But I just want to say one thing. Like, forgive us a little bit if we are not as specific yes, with, please with, with some of this. But I also kind of want to point out that I know that there's like a nerddom to this whole entire world that's existed from the first one. Yeah. That is like very, very real. 
And, but even the way that we're talking about it, it's not that we're not feeling that. It's also that the movie doesn't actually need it. Like, yeah. It, like yeah. we're kind of flying by some of this because the way he's presenting the story to us is piecemeal like this. Like right. it's just sort of like, don't worry, just just kind of get these key things. Yeah. Yeah. And then for all of the people that really love Pandora and all of like because I'm sure that it's jam-packed with all of these like gems and Easter eggs and like oh, God, things yeah. that we just are blown right past our minds. Yeah. But so you've got that, but you also don't need it for the casual viewer. Cause I didn't even see rewatch the first Avatar and I'm back in here and I'm like, I get it. I yeah. get it. Yeah, exactly. But just want to point that out. But back to the sun, the sun and the whale. Mm-hmm. The sun so, and the whale. That would be a great title, Avatar Two: The Sun and the Whale, or as I like to say, Avatar Two: A Parable of Bad Parenting. You want? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go get, get into that. that. We'll get let's into do that. that next. We'll let's yeah. do the whale first. Just but, their the relationship. You know, there, there's the these water people have very, very like they are very closely connected to the whales of this world. And the whales, when when they get to the water, you know, they're off hibernating. But there is this one kind of rogue whale that no one will pay attention to because he is apparently a killer and he's bad and he kills his kind and everyone needs to stay away from him. So it comes as a big shock when Jake's youngest son forms this bond and the water people are like, no. Like, not yeah. only like, hey, Sonny, don't do that. It's like, you cannot do that. So it's a big risk with him just hanging out with this whale, but we come to understand that this whale is greatly misunderstood. Yep, and and I think it's and I think it's because we've been given enough of like this younger brother, like the young son. Um, you know, we really feel for his feel of being an outcast. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he he does make some bad decisions, but he also does them out of like goodness, like protecting his sister. Yeah, like there's certain things where he's like, no, I'm just not going to take this. This isn't right. I know I'm told this, but. I'm going to stand up for myself. And I think that's something everyone relates to. And so when you're shunned for that, like he is, and then you're just kind of out to sea. Right, right. And then you find this whale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was it, like, he was, yeah. the, the reason why they find each other is because the Jake's son has been tricked by, yep. you know, teenagers of the water world. And they are playing a trick on him uh, potentially to get him killed. And he almost does. And this whale saves the boy's life. Yeah. 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 And and you really feel the appreciation mm-hmm. for that. And the way that they communicate with each other, the way that they care for one another, it's not really done through dialogue. It's more of just kind of like it, there's there's sort of like this this innate understanding mm-hmm. that they have that we understand yeah and and we and we're behind it like yeah. it's very like yeah like i love these the sun and this whale well i mean even us i mean we're laughing as we say sun and the whale and stuff and even me describing this out loud like this relationship with the whale it could sound silly the way yes. that i am articulating it it is not like it's it might not. sound silly for me to be like they communicate through very minimal like sign language and thank yeah. you very minimal but like you get whale vision you get the pov of the whale and that sounds like it would be stupid and it is not like it's no. really really moving and there's a scene like i mean it's kind of hard to spoil this movie but there is a scene when the the boys like questioning the whale like why doesn't why doesn't anyone like you and the whale kind of invites the boy literally into his world and there's this really cool thing that that happens throughout the movie where they like I'm going to do so it's such a bad job of explaining this. They they connect their hair to mm. certain things and then they can <laughs> see what that being has also seen. So like he gets to see the chaos that this poor whale has endured for like really really long. We come to understand, you know, these are very smart, intelligent creatures, very sensitive. He goes um, inside of him. He does go inside <laughs> of him. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, well put. Oh god. What okay. <laughs> I don't know if we should get should we stick with the whale and get to the whaling scene, or do you want to talk about bad parenting first? <laughs> Which one? 
wow. a theme of Jim Cameron. Wow. To, I was trying to find a transition if bad parenting leads to the whaling, but no. essentially Quitrich links up with this like whaling community and their job is to go hunt whales, kill one and steal, you know, the brain matter of it. Cause that's the most precious item in the material in the world that, that yep. it can literally stop the aging process in yeah. humans. This is all like deep, deep, uh, D story stuff it, that isn't like necessary to our core text of Avatar, but it is really cool because the movie cool. kind of stops for like a half hour to explain what these whales mean and explain how they're going to go hunt them. It's also kind of cool when you see the main heavy, in this case, Kittredge, being taught something and yeah. he's like so impressed by it. He's just sitting there like watching, watching. And this main whaling guy, I don't have the actor's name, you know, he's a real blowhard asshole. Like he's just <laughs> out for it, like can't wait to kill the whale. And then there is a scientist on board who... Jermaine. Yeah, Jermaine from um, Flight of the Concords and... Yeah, Flight, yeah, Flight, Flight of the Concords. Uh, what, what we do in the what shadows. What we do in the shadows. And he's the one who's behind, you know, the science of all this and talking about the worth of it, but he clearly really loves the whales. So he gets a lot of good lines. Like he, they're like, how do you tolerate this? And he has that, and he, well, this is why I drink. It, <laughs> it's a great character yeah. because like, well, one, like, you know, it's tough to bring in someone like him that's so associated with comedy. Yes. And he's got such a specific New Zealand accent that we love to hear because mm -hmm. it's just, it's just, it's, it's instantly tickles my funny bone at right. least. So he's speaking with an American accent, mm -hmm. which at convincingly. first, yeah, convincingly. Yeah. But at first, I was like, "Ooh," because mm -hmm. there was a bit of just an audience sort of process. I go, "Okay, we're not. This is not the Jermaine that I'm used to seeing," and he's playing a serious role. It did not take me out. It did take me just like a little bit to just accept it. But then he starts just doing a good job. Yeah, really good. And now I'm like, I like him even more. I'm. It, it was a very, very. Uh, a good casting call. Yeah, I thought because that's a that's a that's a risk. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, like James Cameron's basically like, yeah, I know I'm going to take a guy that is going to be a, a bit of a shock mm -hmm. to an audience, but I'm going to put him in a situation that people have never seen him in, and he's going to work. Yeah, and he does. It's he plays that balance really well of like this is benefiting science. Like it, I cannot deny that it is, but there is such a huge price to pay that we are killing these animals. Yep. These animals that mean so much to the native people who live here. And like, we're not from here, you know, yeah. I mean, he's an American dude. Like we shouldn't be here. And he's playing all of that very, very well. But yeah, we get to the actual whaling scene and they are, you know, the whales have come back from hibernating or where they are and the, the water people are very, very happy that they're back. I mean, some of them have they're like- spirit animals. Yeah, the spirit animals. They have such strong connections with them. Like they've known them their whole lives and, and hang out with them and spend time. And yeah, there, there's a, prolonged whaling scene in this when they hunt and kill a whale it's not a spoiler and it was like genuinely one of the most emotionally difficult scenes of 2022 for me to watch yeah and, i mean we watch crazy shit and talk about crazy shit on this podcast but i was deeply fucking disturbed by that and that was the point yeah it was uh and i think it was the way it was done too um because it's so long and they're explaining as each thing is happening yep why yeah this is this is how we have to kill them mm -hmm. and 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 it's and it's just brutal it's just terrible and then of course he's got the the young like the like the 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 child the of the child, mother right of whale. well it, they say it's easier to get yeah, yeah the mother of yeah, the calves are with them it's so, all and it's yeah. probably true like the thing I, is i imagine like, it is very true yeah like this would be a very different scene if this was um 
an actual like as we know it like whales mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm and i know that there's documentaries out there out there with that show yeah there's like a whole show about it like yep. i don't even get me fucked yeah. started on that yeah and yeah. and so there is a bit of a of a of a disconnect because we are for uh such an ignorant term watching a cartoon yeah sure sure um so we're not seeing the the true brutality that we would if this was live footage right but we get it mm-hmm. and it's effective and there's no way you don't look at that scene and don't compare it to like what's going on with us in our world with whales of course of so course. There, there there there's a brilliance behind this yeah where i feel like jim was able to kind of be like oh no we're gonna get this as brutal as possible mm-hmm. because because we have that that removal just because of the of, of the visual yeah. component yeah and it works. It really, it really does. It works. It, it's a really, really effective scare because you're like, you're watching them do stuff. And like you said, they're explaining it so well, but I don't want these people to succeed. Yes. But it's like, no. And then when they do, it's this huge, like, you're feeling so conflicted about it because they did, you know, they're making all these comments like the whales never fight back. They're hard as hell to kill, but they don't fight back. And so it's just a matter of us, you know, shooting it enough times and doing all this crazy shit to it. And that um, this killing greatly affects the water people who want to rebel fight back and i think it's as good a time as any to talk about (laughs) how conflict tends to arise in avatar the way of water because first time i saw it again i was more concerned with visuals not necessarily story but you why don't you just set it up when you go all right you're gonna go see it again so please pay attention to this specific aspect and tell me your thoughts on it but why don't you set it up for us and and i gotta say by saying this this is not take away from the movie whatsoever funny we're just gonna it's just in this little segment we're gonna be poking a little fun at it It, the movie can take it it's it's made like 1.2 billion dollars it's fine i don't think either of us are saying we're giving like an a plus review to this we're we're giving we are giving our wholehearted endorsement that if you go to dolby imax 3d whatever and the ticket is 24 dollars we're saying that's money well spent that's well spent, well yeah. spent, and 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 this movie is fun. Yes, and yes. No, and even I'm saying like how I'm not really into like the first beginnings. It's moving too fast. I don't even care because right. the movie right. it, it's taken me on such a ride mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm about to say is just really just kind of more funny. It's just fun. Yeah, it's just fun. S- S- Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana, like they're as the characters. I don't know their names. I don't either. Jake, 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 Jake Scully, Jake, and then and, uh, and yeah, Zoe, Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so this movie very much is a, from the kids' yeah. uh, perspective. Yeah, good point. Like, it very, is. very, like, it is not about Jake, like the first one was. It's much more yeah. their story. Yeah. But that being said, where the fuck are yeah. these parents yeah. during so much of this movie? Like, seriously. Like, like, these kids, like, are getting themselves into, like, life and death problems. Constantly. And their parents are just nowhere to be found. Never. Now, granted, after every one of these saves, <laughs> Jake is basically like, you never do this again. You, you don't humiliate us. We're trying to be good people to these people. Like, stop doing this. And that's where it ends. Yep. And then they do it again. And, again. It, and then they're just like, the thing is, is like, they live in one hut mm-hmm. all together. And, and, and somehow these parents lose all all of their kids, all the, all time. the time, and I, and my question is, I go, what are they actually doing? That's that's making them not be present. Yes, exactly. Like, where are they? What's going on? And yeah, it's hilarious. But again, not enough to take away from the movie. But my favorite part of it was there's so many times because they they have like a neck communicator, like a like a like yeah. a, a little radio transmitter type thing. Yeah, they can they and, can push a little button and somehow talk to each other very yeah. easily. Yeah, and yeah. like several times. <laughs> 
one of the sons will go to his dad. Dad, we're in a lot of trouble. And he'll be like, oh, where are you? It's far, far, <laughs> yeah. far the fuck away. Uh, who's with you? Everybody. <laughs> we have to go. And he looks around like, where are any? He's got four kids. Yeah, four kids that he can never keep and his eye on. Keep his eye on Even, <laughs> there's a huge action set piece, like a major one. And then, and then he gets some information and he looks again at one of his sons and he's like, where are your sisters? <laughs> They were all just here. They like, were all just here two minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. So it's great. It's just great. <laughs> it's it was it's a fun recurring theme of you know parents not really. And I did listen to a podcast interview of Jim kind of talking about this. Like he's raised four kids himself, and they're all. I think the youngest one is nineteen. So I think there's a lot of that in this, and how it can be hard to wrangle them and he said like you know you want to be a dictator when you're a parent this is his word yes. <laughs> and then he's like yeah, you know he's like that doesn't really work out too well so you have to adjust and it's like well yeah well that's probably what parenting is big jim it's not like directing a movie oh jimbo <laughs> oh jimbo uh but yeah that that's this that's a funny thing that kind of keeps happening and i i do want to say yeah with sam worthington zoe's in there and then kate winslet who i i did not know that was kate winslet oh, yeah, the first I time i saw it she's kind of the queen of the water yep. people cliff Curtis, who we love, he plays the, the king awesome. of the water people. Awesome. Yeah, Stephen Lang, an actor I like, who Giovanni Ribisi shows up in a scene that looks like it was shot in 2009. Yeah, no, um, so, and he gets billing. Yeah, exactly, he does. <laughs> That's a good paycheck. You know, he got paid for that. Yeah, um, yeah, the cast, uh, m- most inexplicably, I don't know. Um, th- they are. Uh, I don't know the setup, but I haven't looked it up. But they introduce in those first ten minutes very quickly that there is like a. A, a child clone type thing that is Sigourney Weaver's uh, child, like character child. But this 14 year old, by the time we get to Avatar 2, is played by Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. You told me this like right before we started right. this podcast. And because I was looking, I was even looking up to see who played her. Right. And I'm looking there, I was like, why is it this person? I don't know. Who, I don't know. I don't know who this actor is. And then he told me Sigourney Weaver. I'm like, she did not play her. Yeah. And that did take me out a little bit. Not to, just a few didn't times. Even know. I was like, oh, wow. That's okay. That's a big choice because she doesn't sound like a 14 year old girl necessarily, but. Teaming up, it's an aliens reunion. So she was in Avatar. She was in Avatar. Yeah, but But, still. But you know, let's just really quick just give a shout out to Sigourney Weaver because always loved her. She's a legend. Oh yeah, she's like a true, true legend. Like in a time where, like, she's a trailblazer for so much. Yes, and she's just done great work throughout her entire life and career. I've always loved her, and she does so much theater. Like she is a true, true actor, and. I just don't think that she's talked about in regards to, and like, you know, we've got people like Meryl Streep mm-hmm. and the, like, there are certain iconic women in this business that have been around and rightfully so, but I always feel like she belongs in yeah. that tier and she doesn't really ever kind of get talked about. You're right. Maybe that she's happy with that because yeah. like, she's not in that level of fame. But well, because she does a lot of other work outside yeah. of, yeah, outside yeah. of just this industry, which I respect highly. And I think that's She's great. just, I think like respect and Sigourney Weaver just go hand in hand. Damn right. Damn Hells right. Yeah. Well said. This podcast was never going to be like your detailed breakdown of Avatar 2. And, and we'll get into the final like action set piece. We're not going to spoil, you know, the fate of characters. We're not going to do anything like that. But uh, to get to our final battle here, it's, you know, 
they found where Jake is. So they've come and they want him and Quitridge. There's some really good dialogue there when he's like, you know, better than to test my resolve. Like when he's holding Ooh, the gun to the kids, to the kid's head. Yeah. And that, that's what he wants. He has a few of his kids at this point. Quidditch has a few of Jake's kids at this point and come over here, fight me, turn yourself in. I'll give them over. So it's that whole thing. And there is a massive final battle that ensues with help from the whales, namely that outcast whale. And this is one of the, because that first thing when they're fucking Pandora up is very fast on purpose. It's like, boom, boom. But this final battle is like, again, 45 minutes an hour. And it's just one of the best things he's done. I, I, I think it's even longer than that, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's it's a long, and I agree. That is yeah. just. Well, there's like scene, like battle scene 1A, and then there's a little reprieve, you know, where are your sisters? And then it, yep. co- and then it kicks up again, <laughs> as, it, as it often does. But I mean, again, he's echoing like it, when the whales are involved, there are very deliberate nods to, ti- to Titanic yep. during that final fight. Very deliberate nods to the end of T2. It's just, it's it's a joy to watch for any action fan and Big Jim fan. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and he loves that. He yes, loves yes. these high octane, just like balls to the wall action endings. I mean, even like Titanic, like the last, like a little bit less than half of that movie is yeah. all just about that ship going down. Sinking. And it's it's just awesome it stuff. Is. It really is. Um, it and really so is. Th- this really is no different, but and it's just nonstop, nonstop. And you and you never get tired of it. Mm-mm, I mm-mm. was just on the edge of my seat, and we, something we were talking about too is like. Uh, you don't see too much gunplay yes. these days, and this is just a classic '90s shoot 'em up right. type like action sequence where there. I mean, there's so much going on. There's like a lot of different sequences happening all at the same time, but you've got gunplay going on in a way in which I personally just found very refreshing. Yeah, it it they it is something that a lot of you know the industry as a whole seems to have turned down, like yes. turned the volume down on a lot, and. Even he has come out since Avatar 2 has been released. He said he cut out a lot of the gun violence wow. in it because he is, you know, pro-gun control. And I it seems like he kind of has an issue even in the amount of gunplay in this movie. So I, wow. I think they'll give him Avatar 3 to do at the very least. This is going to make enough money. And he sounds like he shot most of it anyway. The the live action stuff. Yeah, you know, the actors. Yeah. He's got to do the effects and stuff. Um, Dan, who our audience is now familiar with, told me that he... His like first cut or story of Avatar three is like nine hours, and he wants to do visual effects for all of it. Oh my god! <laughs> and then edit the movie down from that. I don't know if that's true, but it, it you know it wouldn't be beyond Big Jim lore. But yeah, great. I, I mean, God, just a fantastic set piece to end with. But emotional, talk, very, uh, yes, like, yeah, yes. like too, let's like, he not gets it all forget in. that. Yeah. yeah, there are some real emotional stakes, like the whaling scene. That's like really, really brutal. But. We've skirted around Big Jim a lot on this podcast. You got to mention in our very first episode, because Terminator 2 is one of your favorite films of all time. Love Damn it. Right. Let's get into his career. He doesn't, have a, he doesn't have a career of many films, but he has a career of much, much distinction. Yes. And we're going to go through them, including the very, very first one that he has disowned. I want to start with <laughs> a question here, though. Okay, l- let me just go through all of them in order. Piranha 2 was made in 1982. He only directed about 10% of that, and then he was fired. He's completely written it off. I do not count it as part of his filmography. I, I'm a huge fan of Joe Dante's original, but this movie was just a silly cash grab job. So that's really the only thoughts I have on Piranha 2. So then real quick, his filmography. The Terminator, 1984. Aliens, 86. The Abyss, 89. Terminator 2, 1991. True Lies, 94, Titanic, 1997, Avatar, 2009, Avatar, The Way of Water, 2022. 
Question for you before we get started. Mm. Avatar 2 is going to be nominated for Oscars. That's a safe bet. Only one Big Jim film has not been nominated for a single Academy Award. Don't count Piranha 2. That's that's okay. a write-off. Only Which one? one has not been nominated? Not been nominated. I'm going to say... First Terminator? Yeah, damn yeah. it. Good job. Yeah, Good job. Uh, yeah. I, that really surprised yeah. me, though, that it didn't get any for visual effects. And I, I don't know. That's just like a, a bummer. That surprised me. But I asked that because it'll lead us to talk about the Terminator, oh, which God. we can. Which, very cool story. I visited you in mm-hmm. LA a few times in 2022, but one time I did and I said, here's what we're going to do. We are going to go to the New Beverly Cinema, Tarantino's Theater. I have already bought us tickets, but I'm not going to tell you what it's for. And we're just going to go and sit down. And you didn't find out until they were introducing it, but it was still, it was such a cool way to see it. Oh 35 God, it was so film. awesome. And I was so surprised because you kept it from me for like a long time. Yeah, and yeah. Like, we're seeing the Terminator. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, Die Hard Loyal, what are you watchers? Fucking Dan God, came up with Dan What Are You Watchers? Jesus, really and it's good. perfect. I'm still going to say my mad movie buffs. But yeah, I can't what believe you... we have to give him credit I for know, something it's really else. Good. So, diehard loyal fans of the podcast, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> of, um, will, if you really go back, we talked about this, I think, one other time mm-hmm. where James Cameron was my very first like like as a kid i would watch his movies all the time right he is like there's he's my first director because mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i love all of his movies so much so without james cameron there is no nictos there you go and so <laughs> <Jesus>. um <laughs> so that that's how much i love him I like, know, I, I like know. that's how yeah. much his, yeah. his like career has meant to me and uh the terminator he got really sick like with like a flu or some oh, type of like right, crazy right. illness yeah. with a fever that he just could not break. Mm-hmm. He was like delirious in a fever and he had a dream of like this burning flame effigy <laughs> and then from it is this robotic like skeleton like you know yeah and and he said that that image is what like he was like I have to like this needs to be something. Damn right. And and that was the basis for the Terminator. That's but, crazy. But I mean, you just got it's just a cool concept. It's like, okay, like this robot comes from the future to kill like the woman who's gonna birth the savior of like the future world the because the, the world ends. Right, right. <laughs> you exactly. Know? It's a, I always say that Terminator is a horror movie more than anything else. This is this is going to be my next prompt for you yeah. because um, when we were just talking about, we actually got to rewatch one of his movies right before we fired this up. We'll get to that. But you said, you mentioned to me that when you think of Terminator, you have this like fear about yeah. it. And it's very, yeah, like a like a scary movie. I want to I wanna hear more about well, that. Well, it's um like, well, when we talk about how like, I think James Cameron is so good at, at cutting to the core of, of something very simple in us as humans mm-hmm. like it, it's not a lot but it's it's something meaningful and i think there's something about the terminator that is truly scary about a very scary looking grown man mm-hmm. he's dark the shadows yep. menacing clothes like this guy coming after you is scary yeah because there's you he cannot be stopped he can't, can't be, be stopped. reasoned with yeah yeah he, he can't, <laughs> and he will not stop ever <laughs> until you are dead um it, Do it, your Michael Bean in the car impression if you memorize his Oh, lights. I got it. Flesh, <laughs> skin, all built for the cyborgs. <laughs> oh, he just goes for it. It's this laundry list. Oh, Fucking God, great. I love him. Um, so <laughs> that that is just a very, very scary situation. And 
Also, it's very voyeuristic. Mm-hmm. There is mm-hmm. something about like this guy hunting a woman. Right. That is, and and that whole beginning until Michael Bean gets there. Yeah. It is really just watching this creepy dude search for this girl. Yeah. And it's um it's uncomfortable. It's disturbing. It's unsettling. Very. And so I think that's more of a horror film than mm-hmm. anything else. And then you get to the action of it all. Right. I've mentioned this before, but I've seen Terminator 2 so many more times than the Terminator. Just I, It was around all the time. T2 was. Just by way of saying, it was so fun to see this in the theater. It was so cool just yeah. to be locked into it and be like, oh, yeah, I remember all this. I remember. I rewatched it when we did like the Michael Bean pod, which yeah. was like pod seven or eight way, way back. But yeah, Fuck Terminator yeah. fucking love it. You know, the big, uh, you know, James Cameron's always got his lines. Yes. You know, every one of his movies has got some cheesy. I'll be back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Line. But uh, do you remember like, because he does this in a few of his movies. Do you remember like the last line that she says to him? Like, it's like the big, like the big, like rah, rah line that she says to the Terminator. Yeah. She doesn't say you've been terminated. No, she's oh. like. You're, you're terminated, fucker. Oh, that's oh yes, yes, yes. You're terminated, fucker. That's right. The fucker is yep, great. Yep. The, the, yes, the fucker yes, is I remember great. That. I remember that because we'll get into aliens when we do it. Because there's a line in that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, we just watch a movie. There is. I mean, a line. He's got. Yeah. He, he does this. He does it. I love it. His final, final send up. Um, aliens, 1986. Why someone would want to remake like a masterpiece from 1979? Ridley Scott's. It's Alien. not a remake. It's a sequel. Jesus, let me start over. Yeah. God, I'm so stupid. Aliens, Keep that 19- in. I'm right. <laughs> no, I, it was I misspoke. <laughs> Aliens, 1986. Why anyone would want to make a sequel ah. to a wildly popular, some might say, masterpiece from 1979, directed by Ridley Scott, Aliens, in which everyone is great in. That's a great film. Excellent I love film. watching it. I would consider that more of like sci-fi horror. Oh, yeah. Literally, you're picking them off one at a time. That's what's happening. And then we get to this balls to the wall, uh, really like war action movie oh, that yeah. is Aliens. And do, do we have the debate of which one you like better? Does it matter? Or um, I, I've stood by this. Uh, just being the way that I grew up and the fan of James Cameron, personally, I... I will take Aliens over Alien. Sure. But because there's such different types of movies, I think Alien, the first one, is a far superior uh, movie. Yeah. It, it, it's the Ridley Scott directs the shit out of that. Yeah. And, and if there wasn't that, you couldn't do Aliens. Right. Aliens yeah. is definitely more fun. There's more yes. just like brouhaha stuff. But yeah, tell me about tell me about Aliens. Oh, God, what is there to say? I know. What is there to say? I, I, mean, I love so much about it. I mean... You got Michael Bean. You got <laughs> you got you got Bill Paxton. I mean, you've got these Paul iconic, Reiser. yeah, Paul Reiser. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a great cast, and it's just a, it's just awesome. James Horner does the music for it, and it's still one of my favorite scores of all time. We talked about that on a previous episode. Of yeah, we did. Scores. Yeah, we did. Uh, going back to the Sigourney Weaver conversation, mm-hmm. she was nominated for Best Actress for this for the Oscar. Yeah. That should not be overlooked. That's a big deal and well deserved. And the way that she, uh, like in the first one, she is our hero. She's our protagonist. We don't know that really, but until, we don't yeah, know that until, until people are. Along. It's just yeah. it's basically it's just her and the alien right. in that last awesome sequence. Yes, but this is a movie where we kind of get our first real 
badass woman yep. hero. Mm-hmm. Like she, and, and, and you believe it too. Yeah. Like this does not feel silly. This does not feel like someone's swinging for it. Mm-hmm. Like like Sigourney Weaver owns this role and this attitude. And, um, and I love how he bases it in a mother-daughter right. thing. This right. is, again, what James Cameron's really good at is he cuts to a very simple human core. This mm-hmm. is mother-daughter. And there is a primal need to defend... And he puts that even in the aliens. Yeah, like when yeah. we get to the queen, yeah, and all that. Oh my god! One, one of the one of the great action and slash big gym set pieces. You know, I mean, get away from just bitch. okay. Th- this okay. This is a great way to talk about aliens because we're talking about Avatar. Mm-hmm. So, aliens. You watch this movie for its special effects. It's fucking flawless. Yeah. Yeah. These aliens are scary as fuck. They you, really are. You see the drool, the acid, the slime when the eggs break open. And these face huggers come at you. It's terrifying. Terrifying. Fucking terrifying. terrifying. And they give you these close ups where it's like, yep. that cool sound. Like, you truly feel like these things are going to attack you as an audience. Right. Now, he's come and done that all the way to go on the other side to create something like Avatar. That's actually really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. awesome that he's reached this level where now he is working with no practical yeah. works, but came from a place, and we'll get into more of his action sequences in the movies we're about to talk about, where he was the master mm-hmm. of this then, and now he is the only one doing this now. Yeah, he's the only one like creating these whole worlds from scratch, basically, yep. and the action is still as effective. It's, it's just as effective. Yes, yeah, it is. It's crazy. This now we come up to my favorite James Cameron movie to talk about, which is The Abyss. Yes. 1989. Favorite Cameron? I, I I don't know. Well, we can talk about that, but I do think this contains the best acting in any Cameron film. I think Ooh. the stories and acting and like character in this are so strong. I mean, Ed Harris trying to revive Mary Elizabeth Mastriano is one of my favorite scenes ever. The intensity is so... Uh, it's just so palpable and few things to say about this one like the making of this movie is incredible because he just put them all through like pure and utter hell to the point where you know mary elizabeth has vowed to never work with them again same with ed harris they're like i'm done mary elizabeth didn't even do press for the movie because she thought (laughs) it was so grueling james horner said that yeah yeah that's right that's right exactly so the abyss is so strange for a number of reasons it is one of my favorites and i have this special edition director's cut DVD. This movie's never been released on Blu-ray. That's still really, really wild. That's but crazy. This is probably one of the reasons why this is my favorite Big Jim movie to talk about is this is my favorite original cut versus director's cut conversation oh, because the yeah, director's yeah. cut is so much miles in a way better. To me, it includes so many expensive special effects that I just can't believe he did it and then decided to cut it. I don't know if it was the studio's idea, his idea, but if you haven't seen this movie or you haven't seen it in a while and don't know the distinction of the difference, definitely go rewatch it because the director's cut is like, it, I just thought it was a great, great ending that subbed up, summed up his whole kind of ethos on humanity and how he thinks about all this shit that we're I, talking about. I agree. I think that's, I think it's one of his more personal movies. Yes. I yes. think he's got a lot to say personally with this one. Interesting to think it's the best acted. I, just just I to me, I think disagree. Ed Harris is fantastic. He is. A, oh my yeah. god, he's so good. And you know, and it's and it's got so many different components at play. Like there's parts of it that are very much like the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the way that these people are trapped with each other. There's a paranoia. It is a little bit like Alien too in sure, that way. Sure. Where, 
Um, well, and Michael Bean so convincingly like loses his mind. Like yes. he's, he's at each passing minute, he's becoming more and more twisted. He's like going over to this dark side to where even his fellow grunts are like, "Hey, man, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. This isn't. I don't think this is that big of a thing." It's also and, one of the first movies where we see Michael Bean pull off a goddamn good mustache. Oh, he has a great stash in it. God, <laughs> so good. Michael Bean. Fucking he's, love him. Yeah, he's, him and Harris, like, working off together. It's really, really... But even, like, Ed Harris's whole crew, the way they all talk to each other, they're like these... I don't. I just love them. I, I love... Yeah. They're like these union workers or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. grunt oil drillers. I don't know. They just make me laugh. But I... Yeah, that, that has always been very highly ranked for me. It, Little thing, when I was a kid... I was not, I mean, I was 12 when Titanic became a thing and I was like anti-Titanic because I'm 12 and I didn't care. And I'm like, I don't like James Cameron. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Whatever. Just in, in a little, little mood. And then I remember seeing the abyss for the first time and being like, oh no, I do like this director. I, I like him a lot. Yeah. Oh, and that is the guy that made Terminator 2. Duh. Okay. I like him a lot. Forget it. Yep. Forget I even said anything. Though this does have one of the best examples of some of the cheesiest James Cameron dialogue ever. Yeah, true. Like when lie. when when lie. when uh when he's at the very end, like he's going down in yeah, the pressure, yeah. and they're only communicating through like text, basically. Yeah, yeah. And some of the things that they're writing to each other are just things that just not human beings say to yeah, one another. Very they're, basic. They're, they're they're so they're so <laughs> cheesy because sometimes James Cameron's dialogue is a little cheesy. James Cameron's films have been nominated for a shitload of Oscars. They have won a ton. Never received a nomination for best screenplay. Never once. No. <laughs> Him or his movies. And yeah. that is very telling. And that must, that's got to weigh on him in some capacity. I mean, like it has he, to. He writes all of his own shit. Exactly. It, you know, but his, <laughs> it, I think it's his ideas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are, are the, are the thing. Yeah. Honestly, God only knows how he gets to us Seriously. in his emotional way because it's it's not through the dialogue. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Really not. It's not. <laughs> and, and that's that's probably part of it is like the ideas and execution are top notch, but right. then like some of those like finer points are just a little off of the script. Yeah, and that's one of the things and we that's okay. forgive about him. Yeah, yes, when we yes. buy the ticket to a big gym movie, we understand that Character, dialogue are not going to be the strongest assets. Yeah. And that's okay. But relationships are. Relationships are very strong. Yes. Terminator 2, the next film here, is a great example of that because that has such... I mean, I would honestly... Th- this one just works. Like, I think oh. everything about it works. I know we, we know how much you love it and, oh. I, and I love it too, but it, it works to the point where I fired up. I got it on 4K. Oh. I fired it up yesterday and we were watching some of it, just the some of the action scenes, you know, the, the chase at the mall and into the LA River Everything about it still holds up. It's kind of one that, like, what more is there to say? Because it's a perfect action film. Mm-hmm. It was the second R-rated film I ever saw, and I've watched it on repeat ever since. And I don't really think there's a weak aspect to this one. Mm-mm. Genuinely. There isn't. Favorite gun moment, Nick? Fa- oh, yeah. Oh, that, that seems <laughs> fucking rocks. Yes, it does. I don't know how I'm going to explain it so well. So it's in the very end. Um, during you the explained truck. it on the Saving Private Ryan commentary. Oh, remember? I did? Yes. <laughs> it was a whole bit that you asked me my favorite gun moment. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about from any movie? And then you said T2, and I was like, damn it, that's a great choice. Uh, no, yeah, when okay, he stands that. on yep, the yep, hood yep. of the 18-wheeler and lights Robert Patrick yep. up. Like Another thing about this movie, like you get, even when we were watching it yesterday, the effects still look great. Oh, my on God. All of his movies, they do. They, they still do. look they hold so up. good. And you can sh- still show this one to anyone. Like, if they haven't seen it, it, even if it's a younger person, you know, you want to show them, like, a good R-rated action movie. They're getting to that age. This is going to wow the hell out of them still. 
you know, in a lot of these action sequences that make such a big deal of why we kind of uh, kind of like turn our heads a little bit to CGI these days mm-hmm. is because, you know, we just bring it back to that last chase scene where it's a truck versus a helicopter. And I always use this as the analogy is like there's a scene where all the helicopter does mm-hmm. is it just j- goes up into the air, kind of nose dives so it can go underneath a bridge, comes back up and then continues the chase. Now, there is no action that's really happening here. No. There, but the excitement of watching this real thing do this. Yes. And we know the bad guys in it. Yes. It, it watch it because it, it does two things where it's like, wow, this guy is so good. He's unstoppable. Right. And he's pulling off this maneuver. But you're also just watching a real helicopter nosedive underneath an overpass. And it's so cool. And then it, and it shoots back up. Like, if you were to watch a CGI helicopter in the exact same action sequence do the same thing, you are not even going to think. You're We've not going to remember it, yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. You're, We've seen it because it's going to yep. look child. Yes, it, yes. The, 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 the reality, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why these chase scenes are so good, is because we're so on the edge of our seat because it's really happening. Yeah. We can put ourselves in the situation of the characters and feel what's going on in these big action movies now where they would replace those effects with the digital ones. We miss out on that. Mm -hmm. We just get the understanding and it doesn't drill all the way in. And it's a big problem. I think the the motorcycle being chased by the Mack truck in the LA river. Yeah. Arnold does this one thing where he's chasing him from behind the motorcycle. He's got to get around the truck. And he's just got to get oh, around the truck. I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite. It's a simple, it's an obstacle. Yes. He's like, shit, I need to get to the kid in front of this big object that's going back and forth. I'm on an object that can do it too. And I'm a little smaller. I can use it to my advantage. And he just makes a move. Yep. The music rises. You don't think he's going to make it. You like don't think he's going to make it. Yeah. And what it's physics. Yeah, exactly. It's just something closing in. And you're on the edge of your goddamn seat. Uh, and, and it's like these practical things. That's all like real. I mean, there, I mean you it. know, there's stunt drivers, well, yeah, stuff there's, like yeah, that. But, but those aren't fake bikes and stuff. Nope. Like they're out there doing it. They're fucking doing it. <laughs> And like that's movie fucking magic yeah, right there. Yeah. And Cameron is the best at it. Cam- go going back to the helicopter scene. We also reference that on the same Private Ryan commentary because I listened to the Big Jim commentary for that movie, and he's with I think it's his writer or fellow producer who's doing the commentary with him. And he's like, you know how we? It must be the writer because he's like, you know how we drove? You know how we flew that helicopter under the bridge? How? We flew a helicopter under the bridge. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but like that's so dangerous. They didn't yeah. want to do it. The studio didn't want to. The stunt people yep. didn't want to. And he's like, "No, we are doing it. So figure out how to do it because this is this is what we're doing." And Big Jim, uh, by all accounts, I think he's gotten a little easier to work with with, with age. But yeah. back in this time period, not an easy guy to work with. No. And those demands that you put on everyone, the crew, the cast himself. It that's how you get. I mean, we're still talking about this movie. This movie's made in 1991. We'll always be talking about T2. Always. That was one of the first 4K movies I bought when I got my 4K player. I was like, I got to do this. Three years later, he makes True Lies, one of my favorite films from him, probably the least discussed James Cameron movie. (laughs) And I want to tell you, we, we just watched this movie. Like, I literally finished it right before we put on this pod. And we watched it in the way... Big Jim intended. Watch it on a streaming app called Peacock. <laughs> I believe it was presented in 420p. It looked literally like a transfer of the VHS I owned in 1995 as a kid. It has these horribly timed 
fades to black for commercial breaks, but there weren't commercial commercial breaks. Um, the movie rocks. It was just oh, this, it was the, so good. One of the worst transfers I've ever seen, especially on a 4K TV. And we're, I mean, we were just dying laughing during it. Like we I, I started did. it, and I went, uh, "Let me see. This isn't even available to rent on YouTube. I don't own the DVD because I've been waiting for the Blu-ray, which does not exist. Like the Abyss, it's so fucking weird to me." True Lies. It's an awesome movie, though, but it's it was just w- what a way to watch. <laughs> awesome movie. And it was the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, since we've gone yeah. into the streaming services. I've never seen. Oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah. the worst streaming movie I've seen, this, period, from anyone. The, and, and it's a James Cameron movie. Yeah. Like, if you have, if you're someone who has Peacock, just fire it up for like two seconds. It'll look bad on your phone. I promise oh, you. Oh, yeah. It, just, it looks terrible. <laughs> There's an aspect of True Lies I do want to talk about because you said you hadn't seen this one. It's been that a many while. Times. Yeah. And yeah. I watched this one. This one was on repeat as a kid. I. A few friends who owned it, we all loved it. We watch it constantly. One thing I want to call out about this, this to me is Cameron's funniest film. 100%. And he seems to have lost his sense of humor a bit in his movie making. Titanic has, I mean, there's some things, but like Avatar and Avatar, The Way of Water, not many laughs in those, you know? And not, True not, Lies, not, we were not like, on purpose. Yeah, well, <laughs> spider. Yeah, True Lies. We were we were laughing out loud a lot. A lot of that is because of the Arnold Arnold chemistry between oh. Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold. God there, damn, but he's he's the star of the movie in yeah, my opinion. He, is Tom I Arnold. Mean, his one liners, <laughs> ice trays. Ice oh my trays god, we were just uh, we were. But what, what did you think rewatching? It? And then I mean, okay, we'll get we'll get to. But what did you think? You know, having just seen it again. Well, I just thought it was just a lot of fun. It is fun. But what I liked more about it was actually less about the action sequences and more about the the whole infidelity. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. part of the story is just so entertaining and so much fun. Uh, but I mean, there is, the action sequences were great. He's on a horse that, that's in an my elevator. One. Yeah, the horse, the <laughs> elevator, um, motorcycle chase. I love that one. Starts with the the bathroom fight, and it just keeps going. And then suddenly you're on the skyscraper, which was not shot in DC, but that's okay. <laughs> um, well, we got to talk about Bill Paxton. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got to get mean, to Bill. That's I was looking you. for a good good segue. Hey, <laughs> it's you. Part of it might be because we lost him, but that is one of my favorite things, and it. James Cameron movie, just that whole section you're talking about, like from when we meet him and that, you know, <laughs> pretending to be a spy, driving that damn car around. This is, it was real, like just star watching shit. He's absolutely owning what he's doing. You know what? I want to say this because we do this a lot where when someone's passed, mm-hmm. we refer, we, we talk about them more fondly. I can confidently say <laughs> yes. that I am, well, number one, I, I hate that he's gone. Yes. But I have revered him, yep. and I've talked about him the exact same way. I have celebrated Bill Paxson since he's been alive. No, you have. We One of our first conversations was about him, and he was like one of your guys. And I've always yep. loved him, too. Like I love Paxson. That was... That was a real damn shame when uh, when that happened, when we it, lost him. Yes, but it was. Yes, yeah. you've always, your admiration has only grown, but you were always, always a big fan. Always. Of Whenever yeah. he shows up in anything, I was like, this movie just got so much better. Do you think this is his best role in a Cameron movie? Ooh, oh, or is it game over, geez. man? I think it's got to be Hudson. Yeah, there's uh, Hudson is just a one of a kind. Yeah. Like, just the way that he starts from being so pompous right. to turning into such a chicken shit. Yeah, he really is. But then coming back at the end, to yeah, kind of yeah. like, you know, I'd be like, you want some too? Yeah. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> he gets so into it. Yeah, he's so into it. Oh, God, I love him so much. Um, but this this would be, have to be number two. I mean, yeah. he's such a slime ball. 
I mean, the stuff that's coming out of his mouth that we can't repeat on this podcast. Well, the the one line was great when they're you know he's he's trying to save <laughs> yeah. his own life. And he's like, I got a small dick. It's pathetic. <laughs> it's pathetic. <laughs> I didn't remember that line. It's so great. It's so funny. I just I, and we talked about it, like you know because at this point now because James Cameron is so hard to like work with. Yeah. At this point, I think Bill Paxton has probably worked with him more than anybody else. Yeah. yeah definitely. And and so you know they must be friends on some type of level. Uh-huh. So when James Cameron's writing this scene you know there's a guy who's pleading for his life he's like what are the things i could say what i got what am i gonna have bill say yeah i'm gonna say i got a little dick it's pathetic <laughs> <laughs> you imagine bill paxton getting the script and being like god damn it jim damn jimmy <laughs> trying trying to kill me out here <laughs> come on man um another theme that we we said we were going to go back to as much as possible um child abandonment we have the daughter oh, yeah. saying true lies. <laughs> Just, uh, it's so true. <laughs> Jamie Lee gets the call. Does she got to go to the hotel to be Doris? And, you know, it's this whole ruse. So she jets off. And then clearly Arnold has, somehow has to get there faster. So he jets off even quicker. Yeah. What what happens to the kid? I, I guess they just keep her at home, and then yeah, she does end up being kidnapped by terrorists. But it's well, like what what <laughs> they never even talk about her. They never the whole talk time about her. like kidnapped, and they get taken off, and you know there's the nuke and all that stuff. And that whole action, everything scene. happens from that point on, yeah. all the way until the bridge blows up, right? And then Tom Harrell just goes up to him and he goes, "They got Dana." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and he's and like, "Huh? And oh he, yeah, and my daughter." And, and I'm thinking all the time, I'm like. Yeah, of course they did because there was no one watching yeah, her. She was just left at home. She was left at home while for... you went out to go do some like weird sexual tryst with your wife. Like and then get kidnapped yeah, by get the kidnapped. bad guys, <laughs> and then have the whole entire thing. Like she's gone for a, a whole night and day. Yep, and it's just like, yeah. and they don't show how they got her either. Right, so, exactly. You know, but it's like it makes sense. She just left her kid, and now he's now she's gone. John Connor T two might deserve to be in this as well. I mean, she's you know she's gone. She didn't well, abandon him, but she got she got took. Yeah, I mean, but he's on his own. But yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's not my mom, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic, nineteen ninety seven. I'm excited to talk. We've never talked about this. We haven't. We haven't. Yeah, he. You know, this was. If anyone's lost sight of this, or you weren't, you know, you weren't born yet. This was only thing people were talking about for like a fucking year at least and that's because and i'm talking about it they were talking about it negatively yes everyone was like this is going to fail it's going to be a disaster it went almost like all this crazy crazy shit double the budget double the amount of shooting time cameron's putting up half of his own half of the budget himself with his own damn money so if it tanks he's you know going to be broke if if what he thought would happen and eventually did happen does then he's going to be a gazillionaire so he took the biggest ever gamble on himself and Boy, did it pay off. Whether you like the movie or not, there's no denying that this is one of the uh, seminal American films. It just is. I don't think I people could really understand unless you were alive for it. Yeah. Because I know that there's more mo- there's movies now that have made more money than... It's, it's no longer the biggest film of all time. Yeah. But it was for a while. But I cannot, like... It wasn't until Avatar. Well, <laughs> until yeah, yeah. His own movie, but, but that but took this, it out. Yeah, but yeah, the pandemonium. It was everywhere. Of this movie for a year. This, I mean, I've there in my lifetime, I've never experienced this. Never. And you got to remember, this is before you could buy your tickets online earlier. Yeah. Do that. I'm telling you, this is a long movie. People are waiting, and and 
we, we were, we, multiplexes were a thing, but Titanic wasn't playing in as many theaters as Avatar 2, whereas at AMC right now, I literally think, I think that's a 14 screener and it's on eight of the screens. Titanic was on like two or three screens, but you you would have to wait for hours You'd to see You'd have to it wait for hours yeah. to see it. And when it finally came out on VHS, oh my God. the blockbuster was open until midnight. Yeah. And taking reservation, like they had to, like you had to pre-order yep. a double cassette double VHS. Cassette. They had a commercial with Shitbreak from American Pie before he was famous. Oh my god! About that's right. like two blockbuster clerks, Shitbreak. like sweeping the aisles, getting everything ready, and then the line yep. of people about to burst down the door, all for the Titanic movie. This movie was it, it. It was the biggest thing I had ever seen. Yeah, I have not seen it since. I know Marvel is huge. Mm-hmm. It's different, but it's different. Marvel is is also even. You know, we're not gonna. We don't talk shit about Marvel. We don't do that. No, I respect no, no. that people like those movies. However, even if you love them and they are your be all end all, you have to admit that those are for a niche audience. Like my dad doesn't see Marvel movies. Grandparents don't see Marvel movies. They, they don't. Everyone saw Titanic. And everyone saw it. And no one there there was not the pandemonium for any of the Marvel movies no. that could even no. equate to the year-long discussion. Like I mean, it, it was just everywhere. Yeah. Billy Zane was getting attacked on the streets. It ended Leo's career for a bit. Yeah, it did. I mean, he had to go in to almost he had to go into hiding, like hiding. Yeah, he's in this really weird Woody Allen movie, Celebrity, the year after, and then he like goes into hiding, makes the beach. You know, and, yeah. I just want to point out to people who might not know, America hated Leo. It he hated it, yes. him. Yeah. Because this is all true. This is all all true. true. He came off of Romeo and Juliet Mm -hmm. as the teen heartthrob. Right. He had done good work. Basketball Diaries. Basketball Diaries. What's eating Gilbert Grape? People were not disputing this part of it. Mm -hmm. But here was just this heartthrob kid. This kid cannot lead an epic movie. This kid cannot do this. Yeah. And everyone was just sick of him. I was too. Like they, I, I was like, on that train, unfortunately. Like I was they talking were just, shit as a twelve. I am yeah. not going to pay for a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Yep. And, yep. and the then, press was doing this. The press were being jerks to Cameron, uh, Leo, everyone. But yeah. this shot him into the stratosphere. The highest you can go at the time. Like you had all of the top A listers of that time: Brad Pitt, who also America hated. Mm-hmm. Um, Keanu, like these were his fellow people. He was a little bit younger, Johnny Depp, like all these people. But when he went here, you talk about tabloids and like paparazzi. Leo faced it all. Yeah. Like in, yeah. in a very short time. Like he went from being one of the up and comer guys to a guy that's like, I wouldn't want Leo's level of fame right yeah. now. No one wanted to see him do anything. Mm-hmm. He did mm-hmm. The Beach. No one wanted to see it. He did that Woody Allen movie. No one wanted to see it. So he did a very smart move and just be like, you know what? I'm going to remove myself yeah. from all of that. I'm going to let people forget Leonardo DiCaprio. And then when I come back, I'm going to work with Scorsese. Spielberg. I'm going to become Scorsese's guy. Yep. I'm going to work with yep. Spielberg. I'm only going to work with directors that are going to do... and. It was a business decision, a yeah. calculated Very. business decision that was so smart, and that's when he became the Leo that we know and have today. Yeah, and it's because of Titanic, mm-hmm. and it, like both positive and negatively. Like, yeah, it's, it's all because he, of this. How he took the negative reaction before and after it, 
and use that to his advantage by just kind of chilling out, not spinning out. We didn't hear like too many crazy ass stories about him, you know, or if any. And yeah, it was it was really smart the way he played it. Same with Kate Winslet, who had a huge career after. Oh yeah, well, well, she but blew she, up. No she one just cared. blew yeah, up. Yeah, she, she was she in was, demand. Everyone overnight. loved Kate. Yeah, she was in demand overnight. She, and, no one gave her shit. And for Leo was just shunned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but, the thing is, is if you watch it, he's great. He is. He's yeah. fucking great in the yeah, movie. Yeah, he. I mean, I think some. Of, I see some early. The acting is not the strongest part of the movie. To no, me. that's it's a, that's no, okay. Not. That's okay. But, but the relationships again. Yeah, yeah. The the relationships really mean something. And I'm I don't want to put a blanket statement over the acting because like. Kathy Bates in that boat saying, oh, those are your men out there. Yeah. Like I, that still like I'm getting goosebumps. Goose, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps thinking goosey about that. that really goosey bumpies. That <laughs> vision. That really means <laughs> like something. And I I was so hard on the movie for so long because like, did you like it? Ninety seven. I loved it. OK, so I, like, I, I was I was a fan. I, I liked I saw the like action scenes, but I was like L.A. Confidential Kid, uh, Goodwill Hunting for sure. Because no one else was talking about any other movie leading up in the year leading up to it. Titanic comes out in December. This thing did not leave theaters for months. No. So really, it dominated most of the 1998 conversation. Yep. Like when this is winning Oscars in February, March, it's still in the theaters. And then the summer VHS thing happens. So the movie didn't go away. And I just got like burnt out. Clearly, yes. I was, and, I was and, definitely and, and, young. Yes. Got burnt out. I got really pissed off when Shakespeare and Love won the next year. And I was like, man, am I done with the Oscars? Like this sucks. And kind of honestly turning my back on it. Like, I get it. It's Titanic. I love I love once the iceberg hits, everything to the end. Like, I get it. And then I, I don't think I'd seen it in a really long time. And I went back to see it in that 3D conversion. Did not like that. Oh, no, that's not going to work. But then uh, I think I, I've even watched it a few times just for this podcast for different things. Like twice, because it was on, it's usually on a streaming app. And it's really good. It is. <laughs> it's just a really good, fun movie. It's very long, but I don't really, I think if you say this is the James Cameron film. I think it's a good argument and I, I can't really like argue on it. I mean, the most nominated film in Oscar history tied with some other films. He wins best director, wins best picture. If you say like, this is, this was his, his peak. Like he got to actually do this because the, another thing that I want to hammer home is you, you definitely talked about Leo and how he was hated. No one believed that James Cameron could do this. Like yeah. no one. And he was really believing in himself and a few of his producers going like, okay, we'll see. And then I wonder again in our lifetimes, if we'll ever see a craze like this, a movie craze. Cause if you, uh, if people listening think like, well, the force awakens, like it made more money no, or like yeah. Avatar was a big deal. It was nothing, nothing like this. Nothing, nothing like this. When, and what's crazy is we we were hearing about Titanic constantly and we didn't even have the internet yet. Like yeah. it was in very, very early stages. So the internet was not part of the discourse here. It was just everyone was talking about it. Your teachers, your fellow classmates, everyone, people you played sports with, everyone, everywhere. And, and everyone had an opinion. Yeah, and, every, and, and everyone saw it. Because if you didn't see did. it, then you couldn't talk about it at your yep. Christmas party or whatever it was. Like you had to see it to talk about it. And it's such a different time now too oh, because yeah. this movie would have come out and then opinions would have been made and then people would not go see it Yeah, and then the run with those opinions exactly. without seeing it. Mm -hmm. This was not that case. No. This was everyone went and then people either loved it or they hated it and then they went again yeah yeah which oh, is I crazy saw it like two or three times i the couldn't theater. stop yeah. going yeah i took my grandmother who yeah. never saw movie theaters that's what i'm saying like yep. people yes this was one that you could take grandma to and he made it that way like he yep. did that on purpose i just remember i mean 12 years old pg-13 oh boobies yep i got accused by by, by a girl in sixth grade because she's like nick have you only seen titanic so many times because of kate winslet 
And I, and I, and, but honestly, yes. the thing was, was like being a kid and trying to be cool. That was actually the only response. I didn't want to go and say no. It's because I love the movie. Yeah. I go, oh, yeah, I see, yeah. I see. It's because of boobs because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a prepubescent kid. What does that teach us about us? Like how boys are viewed. Like, I it's know. Better seriously. That. It's better to admit yeah. that. But really quick. Yes. No, go. Billy Zane. Oh, you love him. Dude. Love I mean, him. you talk about like, <laughs> like he's one of the great assholes. Like he's such Cal. an asshole. This Cal. That's Cal, right. Oh, what's his last name? Fuck. I should know. Cal. It's uh, Cal Hockley. Cal Hockley. Is it Cal? Hockley? I think it's I think it's Cal. I'll Hockley. Look it. All right. While we're here, you, you keep going. I'll look it up. The um, you're wrong. I know. Oh. I know. I, I feel like there is very, very few movie villains that have existed in time. And, and this, I mean this. There's Darth Vader. <laughs> Calden Cal Hockley. Good yes. job. Good job. Yes. There's um, Darth Vader. There's and Darth Billy Vader. Zane there's and Nurse Vader. Ratchet. Oof. Like there are some hated, hated, and no one hated Darth Vader. They just love to hate Darth Vader. But, sure. But people hated Nurse Ratchet. People oh, yeah. truly hated. Billy Zane's character mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was, su- he's, I, I truly believe he does not get credit for portraying one of the most hated characters in any movie ever. He's a great asshole. Great he's bastard. He's a great asshole. Yeah. And, and he's good at it too. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you, you almost relish all of the things. My fiance, my fiance. Yeah. <laughs> I love you just chasing after him. Oh, and God. He's yeah. like, I mean, hate mail. Like, I remember he <laughs> yeah. was on a talk show host, or not a talk show host. He was, I might be wrong about this, but I believe he was on the Rosie O'Donnell show and he came out and got booed. Whoa. Like, like, cause you know, no one does that. Yeah, of course. But he came out and, and Rosie was like, wow, you got a lot of like people here who love you. And he's like, almost like if I recall, it's just like, just, just a movie, Mm -hmm. you know, but this was the attention he was getting. He said people were throwing trash and rotten fruit at him at the streets. Who does that anymore? (laughs) Seriously. Out of a character. Who hates a character that much? Right. I just can't stress enough that this was what was going on during this time. It was a crazy time. And, uh. It's a walk-off. Titanic it's a fever. Walk-off. It is. It's a walk-off. So <laughs> I, I did share some news with you that, <laughs> oh, Big Jim, I love you. Some Titanic-related news here. I'm, I'm going to read this from uh, a press release or vi- other articles. I'm reading some facts and quotes from it. But Cameron has recently commissioned a scientific study <laughs> to prove that it would be impossible for both Jack and Rose to <laughs> float on the wood in the end. <laughs> To disprove the theory, the scientific study employed a hypothermia expert and forensic analysis of the situation through placing two people with, quote, the exact same body mass of Kate and Leo on an accurate (laughs) reproduction of the door featured in the film. Here's a quote from Big Jim. (laughs) I can't wait. We put sensors all over them and inside them, and we put them in ice water and tested to see whether they would have survived through a variety of methods, and the answer was, there was no way they both could have survived. The documentary will air February on National Geographic, and the intentions are clear for Cameron, who who commented, maybe after 25 years, I won't have to deal with this anymore. (laughs) So stay tuned for that documentary, because this is the thing, I think, throughout more than anything in his career that he's gotten the most shit of, that he's gotten the most shit for. Could both Jack and Rose fit on that door? Do you think? Um, it looks too big. To, or it looks too small to me. He can't. It's gonna wobble. They're gonna topple over. Right? I, I, I mean, I think that was the consensus that Leo's character justified for himself yeah. when you're watching the movie. Like he tries, and then there's like a moment of like acceptance where he's like, 
They they don't try work? that much, I guess. And no, you know, they maybe don't search for some other wood. But you know, what do I know? I wasn't there. That has been the consensus. Is like, couldn't yeah. she have just moved over? Right. Was there really not enough room? Could he was like a hundred and ten pounds soaking wet holding right. a brick? So professional wrestling, I'm bringing always bringing back to wrestling. Yes, is one of the most petty industries in the entire world. Right. If not, I would like venture say it might be petty than anything. This is a professional wrestling level of pettiness yeah, that James Cameron is going into 25 years later. <laughs> he's just to end this argument. Anytime someone brings it up from here on out, he'll be like, watch the fucking Nat Geo doc. I'm sick of this. <laughs> yeah. I did it. You know how much money I spent on this shit? You know how many different experiments I did? I did this for three years. <laughs> uh, yes, very petty, but that, it's one of the reasons why I love him. Just, yeah, I love it. So much I free time. Love just it. scientific studies. Uh, there's, there's a... Well, there's also a lesser-known James Cameron reference in Entourage, the 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 popular HBO show. Well, he plays himself, yeah. Where he plays himself, and I remember there's a scene where Aquaman he yep, he directed Aquaman it, yep. in the story, and they're going to Sundance <laughs> yeah. for it, and um and like these interviews are people are asking him like Jim, how does it feel to make like the biggest movie of all time and all this? And he goes, honestly, I just made it because I wanted to make little girls cry. Little girls cry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's he's looking for Vinny Chase at yeah, Sundance. Vinny Chase. He wants to cast him, his Aquaman. Um, twelve years later, I mean, Titanic is a smash of smash. It stays at the top of the box office. Until in 2009, James Cameron's own Avatar knocks it out. And for a while there, until The Force Awakens, one and two were Big Jim. And that is crazy. I don't think that'll ever happen again with another director, unless like Avatar 2 gets there again. Um, Avatar, we've kind of talked about it. I honestly like kind of uh, in his whole body of work, I would call it his least rewatchable film. It's the one I've seen the least amount of times. I've only seen it twice. Don't know how much it holds up for me. At home, I like this isn't one where I would buy the Blu-ray. I don't I don't feel it that really necessary. But when I did see in the theater opening weekend, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I had never seen 3D use like that. I really, really liked just the visual experience of it. But you know, I really didn't have a desire to revisit it. So that's that. My thoughts on Avatar. Will Avatar The Way of Water find a home on streaming, on video, on Blu-ray? Are are people gonna like be firing this up like okay so top gun maverick had a great run it came out in may in theaters just released on paramount plus evidently it is the most streamed movie of 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 like ever i saw some crazy headline like that i don't know but a lot of people are watching home like people were ready for maverick to get home and everyone who didn't go to the theater they're watching over christmas will that happen for avatar 2 i i think it will at the offset of when it gets released Mm -hmm. i think People will want to watch it again because I think maybe out of curiosity to see if it holds up. Like if they've seen it in theaters Mm -hmm. and in 3D, I think there is a general curiosity. Is this going to hold up? Right. Don't think it will. I don't either. Not um, certainly not as well. It not just as won't. well. It won't. And and I think there are those handful of people that just don't go to the theaters. Yeah. That yeah. will wait for this, but. I don't think these movies are going to hold up without that cinematic experience. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means for the longevity. I think it'll hit big when it first comes out. Everyone will watch it, and I think everyone will be fizzled yeah. by it. They'll be like, ah, well, I mean, you had to see it in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. Oscar chances are going to be it, – it'll be fun to track the Oscars. Like, are they going to nominate this for Best Picture? It, it's not going to well, win. Of course but they will. It, uh, you think? Uh-huh. Okay, so if it's this – the, nominating this and Maverick would be a big deal because they usually don't nominate two massive blockbusters yeah. like that. Do you think they both will? I hope so. Okay, so here's a bigger one. Is Big Jim getting in there for Best Director? 
I don't know, but I, I don't know. People seem to like um, the movie. I think he will. I think I think for the Oscars, I think I think he'll get nominated for best director for okay. this. Yes, and I do. actually, that's a cool point to bring up for Avatar. Again, if you weren't around or weren't really paying attention, please do not overlook the fact that Avatar and James Cameron were very close to winning picture and director that year. Very, very yeah. close. It just so happened to turn out that he was up against his ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow, <laughs> yep. who ended up winning best director and best picture. But I mean, James Cameron won the Golden Globe for best director and he even said in his speech, I think Catherine deserves this. And it, he wasn't, I mean, he was out there promoting the movie, but I don't, I, it would have been weird if Avatar won Best Picture, you know. It, and it oh, yeah. was it was close. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. We did not know when we started that telecast what picture and director were going to be. We either knew it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be split. I mean, it, I think it's in its achievement uh, that Avatar means a lot. Yeah, I think um, so. James Cameron, you know, has been working on this thing for ten years. Yeah, I think that definitely earns an Oscar nom, and what he actually achieved with it, the final product. It's, it stands on its on its own merit. Do I think it's actually truly the best picture of the year? No. I don't think too many people will. I don't think it'll have a chance to win any big award. And I think those, it, it won't get a screenplay nomination. Um, <laughs> picture, I'm a hard maybe. Director, I'm actually going with Especially no. Especially if they get 10. It's going to get in there for 10. Yeah. Picture, I can be sold on. But director, since it's only five noms, I don't know. Do so, you think it would be a director over, you think it'd be... Avatar over Top Gun for director? I don't think he has it. I don't think that the director, Joseph Kaczynski of Top Gun, has, is really in the running of game. I don't think so either. I think, honestly, a lot of people view that as a Tom Cruise film. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people think that he kind of <laughs> directed and produced. And if you nominate Top Gun Maverick for picture, you're nominating Cruise as a producer. That's another fun thing. Are they going to give him a Best Actor nom? Like, I really, uh, really hope so. I don't, I, I don't think they're I don't think they yeah. are. But, it would, oh, God, he would love it so much. He won't. He wouldn't win. But, okay, here's a fun one. This is, like, the most what-are-you-watching conversation ever top gun maverick versus avatar 2 for best sound because <laughs> you oh, said maverick's is, gonna win yeah i, I mean, think avatar 2 is gonna walk away with sound okay now we just i just I, I guess this is this is such a nitpicky thing i know but it's fun it it's is fun because like the the whoever talks about sound no one talks about sound so we're doing it everything about the sound of avatar is fucking awesome mm-hmm. the movie making of avatar is just on another level yeah but the sound of Top Gun, man. I know. I I love them both so much. I I was like so like influenced emotionally mm-hmm. by the sound of of what was going on in Top Gun that I just I I if I had to give the Oscar to one or the other, I'd give it to Top Gun. I will be interested to see how they battle out in those quote unquote um below the line Oscars. You know, sound, yeah, it's uh, visual between effects, the two. production it's between design, the two. cinematography. Now even. this It'll is be where I hold up a finger, as you can see, others are our woody watchers can't. Yes. How okay, valid question here. Yes. How is Avatar cinematography in My this friend way? Mario Forty won Best Cinematography for Avatar in 2009. I know. Which was very bizarre to a lot of people, including myself. So, so like, this what is a are whole we doing other here? conversation. Like, this is a strange I mean, he uses avenue. It, he uses cameras to make the movie. We know that because yes. before yes. he gets the capture of the actors. But is like, we, we've said over and over in this podcast that we love that he created a fake world with CG imagery. So is that... I remember after Avatar when I went, I think we all need a redefinition of what best cinematography is. Yes. I'm much more about like, 
I liked Avatar The Way of Water. I do not think it deserves a Best Cinematography Oscar. I just don't. Visual effects. Yes. yes this is what it's, it's for. It's a lock. But I'm sure James Cameron, if we gave him five minutes to explain to us why it does, oh. he would convince us. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. I understand that. And, 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 and I wouldn't even care if, if he was just like talking out of his ass. Like I would, I would, I would believe <laughs> him. Um, <laughs> I, yes, that's a great point. Yes. Yeah. I think there needs to be. Uh, just an overall, maybe like a showcasing of how this was actually done through the use of the cinematography. They like to go big. I'm looking at the winners now. They like to go big for cinematography. They, I mean, Life of Pi one that's heavily, yeah, digital gravity one cinematography. No one. So argued may, with maybe that. there's a giant component to this digital world that involves cinematography that, quite frankly, maybe we're just not privy to. Yeah, because like I mean, Dune relies heavily on on visual effects. Mank as well i'm you know roma does not so that's one that's like kind of on the ground la la land does not so that's one again on the ground but i do think i you know it's going to be maverick versus way of water and it'll be a lot of fun to watch you think cinematography is going to go for maverick i don't know what else it would yeah i think i think it'll be between those i mean that yeah i i think i thought that movie was incredible looking and all the amount of cameras what do you think what about babylon Babylon was great. I don't know how well Babylon's going to do Oscar-wise. No one's seen that movie. But Maverick and Avatar 2 are absolute fucking hits. What about Petite um, Mama? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> what about Bardo? What about Vortex for cinematography? Oh, jeez, yeah. okay. Yeah, All see, of our now favorite, these, are, these are... Blonde for cinematography, everyone? Anyone? Ah, Anyone? None of these. So All of our favorite it's movies. So I, I'm, I'm not talking about, again, the shit that I would nominate. I'm talking about what they are I know, realistically going to nominate. I know, I know. Yeah, I don't... Babylon, cinema, I, I don't know. It could get some nominations. I don't know if it's walking away with any wins this year. But back to Avatar 2. Maybe this is a silly hypothetical because... We're never going to get an answer. Do you wish, mm. even a little bit, that Cameron would go, okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take two years off from making Avatar and just go make like a live action thing. Do you just wish he was using all this money, time, and resource to make like another Titanic about like another huge disaster? What if, what if, what if? Like, would you like to see that? Is there a big sacrifice being made here because we're not getting, you know, Terminators, good Terminators, True Lies, whatever, The Abyss, Titanic? And we're only getting Avatar. I mean, I'm person, just saying, per- it's personally, cr- yes. It's crazy how much fucking money and shit he puts into this. But, you know, he's a guy who likes control and he's literally able to create this world from the ground up. And I think that is the appeal to him. No, and I and I believe I believe it is. Um, me personally, of course, I will always probably choose live action over uh, anything else. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with whatever he does. Yeah. You know, and that leads me to my last question. But yeah, 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 we will follow him. So you're on board for potential avatar three, four, five, Uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? I don't, I don't have the most up to date stats. He keeps saying that he like shot most of three at the same time as two. It sounds like three is going to be an extension of two. Four, he said, is like fucking nuts. It's just at balls to the wall crazy. Those, that's like a, direct quote from him that the only studio note was um what the fuck <laughs> and you're like uh okay so that'd be fun um it'll it will be cool to see how these all play out because yeah one even i mean outside of the visual effects like two is a very different movie than one mm-hmm. i'm i'm on board i'll see how it plays out i'll show up opening weekend for all of them oh you yeah know? we'll see how much money this one makes right now it's about at 1.2 billion worldwide he Shot his shot and said it needed to clear $2 billion to be successful. He's kind of backtracked that a little bit. But I, I don't know. We'll see if it gets to two. Jesus. There's so much money we're talking this about here for a so movie. So much money. Big Jim. 
Oh, we love you. We're going to move on to what are you watching here? I have a great one. I got one that's not great, but I'm doing Jesus it. Christ. <laughs> well, then you go first. You set it up like that. No, I'm only going to go with it because we've already talked about it. That's okay. That's uh, fine. Because it's I, a double down? I, it's, a, it's a double down, and for the reason of which we were talking, yes. is I'm going with Top Gun 2. Oh, okay. Because okay. I think this is a very interesting conversation. We have two giant blockbuster movies that have come out this year that we are both fans of. Sequels. Sequels. Mm-hmm. We we do not is, usually champion point. these types of movies. A good point, yeah. And yeah. we are very big fans of both of them. I saw Top Gun three times in IMAX in the theater, and I watched it uh, like two days after it was available on Paramount+. Plus. Showed Allie, and she loved it. She didn't go yeah. to the theater with me to see it. She loved it. I've seen it three times. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's a goddamn perfect movie. Right. Um, it will be in my top ten of the year. It will be in mine, too, honestly. Yep. Yeah, it, I don't I, know if Avatar will it. be, but maybe it will. If we did like top 10 movie-going experiences oh, of the yeah, year, yeah, Avatar yeah, yeah, 2 yeah. would make it. Yeah, but sure. as, as a film, I don't think it's going to clear my top 10. But um, Top Gun Maverick, yeah, I, I think it's an immensely enjoyable movie. It's, and it's fantastic. It, it just uh, it cooks so hard. So Top Gun Maverick, okay, good choice. Yeah. I have a little story time for mine. This is great. I don't oh. really know the best way <laughs> to set it up. But um, okay, I'll, I'll be general about the movie. But so... I ordered Nick a movie for Christmas and I'm like, and I know it's a movie he hasn't seen yet. It's one I talk about on the podcast a lot. (laughs) He's kind of skirted around the fact that he hasn't seen it, but that's okay. I'm like, I'm going to get him the criterion. He's going to watch it. It's going to be good. I buy the Blu-ray and you know, it's going to, I know he's visiting me, so I'll have time to give it to him. So cool. Like the day, literally the day after I order the movie, it arrives in the mail. It's from Amazon and then can work fast, but not like that fast. And I open it up and it's the 4k version of the Blu-ray that I ordered for Nick. And I was like, what the fuck? He doesn't have a 4K player. Like, it has a Blu-ray in it. So I I guess I'll just give this to him. But I write Amazon and I'm like, hey, you guys sent me the wrong thing. And they're like, no, we didn't. Like, our the one that you ordered is still en route. So I'm like, huh? Like, what's, I I don't know what's going on. (laughs) So then another copy of it comes and I'm like, okay, I I guess they just decided to send me the, uh, they sent me a wrong one. So they're doubling back and they've sent me a Blu-ray. So now I have a 4K copy and a Blu-ray copy of Spike Lee's Malcolm X just sitting here. And I'm like, I love this movie. I already owned it on DVD, but okay. that's I. So I, I wrap it up quickly because I'm going to give it to Nick, the Blu-ray. I give it to him and he's opening his gifts and he opens it and he starts dying laughing. And he's like, this is what I got you. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I got you the 4K. <laughs> so, the fucking, so then we put it all together. The 4K that showed up the day after I ordered yours was your gift to me. And it took us a while to figure out that we got each other the same gift, but write gift notes in your Amazon gift deliveries, people, because they don't know where it's from. Did it, you, what? Well, I was going to continue my side yeah, of the story. Yeah, please, please go ahead. Go ahead. It was very, very funny that like I, I didn't put any of it together. You didn't either. And, and that was it. We were just... It was it was to the point where you were dying laughing when you opened yours and you were like, this is what I got you. And I sprinted up to my loft, grabbed the 4K and I was like, I got it. You went, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I get it all now. Amazon did mess up. I get it. Yes, please. So <laughs> trying to like shop for Alex is is terrible because like he has all the movies already and it's tough to know like which ones like he wants on like on certain services or right. like our certain like platforms. So he's been raving about the 4K. Oh, like he, like every every movie is like you gotta see the new Pulp Fiction on 4K. Oh, you gotta God, see the Terminator amazing. on 4K. And so I was like, okay, he's got 4K. 
Now, Criterion releases their new batch of brand new. It's not they're not just like oh we're doing our flash sales. Right. We right. have a brand new batch. They usually do about like six to eight new a movies. Month. Yeah. 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 And Malcolm X was on one, oh, and yeah. I go. There's no way this fucker's gonna get it right away. Like, there's just no way. I'm gonna fucking get this shit, and I know it's gonna be one that he likes, and I'm gonna get it in 4K, and he won't have a shit to say about it. And so I fucking order it like that day. It's like, boom. And I was like, eat it, motherfucker. And then all of a sudden, I get here, and I was like, your Christmas present should be arriving. Have you gotten anything? He's like, no, I haven't. I was like, all right, all right, all right. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then I even when we got up here, I didn't see it. No, I, no, no, I, no, it wasn't, it wasn't oh, where it is okay. now. I had it hidden. It was right there oh, okay, behind that box. I was like yeah. searching in no, like. No, no, I had it hidden. Like, I had it hidden because I didn't want you to see that this like 4K thing was here because the Blu-ray was my gift to you. So I didn't, I didn't want, want you to, to see question you had it. it. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I have the regular uh, DVD that I'm looking at, but I was always going to upgrade. I, I was just, I was waiting. I, that was one when we had the Criterion flash sale. Oh, no, I remember thinking, I'll wait for this for the next Flash sale. Yeah. And I'll order it. But it was just, it's all a hilarious way of saying we got each other the same exact movie as a gift, which mm. I think is hysterical. And someone has some homework, some three-hour and 20-minute homework yeah, to go excited. and watch it. It's very, very good. It's, you know, I want to give that maybe even its whole episode, its own episode, because I love it. But Avatar 2, we liked you way more than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, we're still here for you. You know, I, I think it's going to be... We're going to have some fun with the Oscars this year. I'll put it that way because I'm not, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Stay tuned. No, <laughs> that's it. Let us know what you thought of Avatar The Way of Water. Let us know what you think of Big Jim. What are your favorite films by him? At W-A-Y-W underscore podcast on Twitter or Instagram. But as always, thank you for listening and happy watching. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. You can watch my films and read my movie blog at alexwithrow.com. NicholasDostal.com is where you can find all of Nick's film work. Send us mailbag questions at whatareyouwatchingpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at W-A-Y-W underscore podcast. 2022 came and went. Was it a good year for movies? Next time, we're going to list our top 10 favorite films of 2022 and find out. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening and happy watching. Big Jim. Big Jim, baby. You fired. Yo, you fired. Oh, we didn't go through the rest of them. Fuck. Can you think of any? Yeah. Well, I mean, you had to get away from her, you bitch. Hold on. Let's try to do them in order. I got them right here. All right. Does Piranha 2 forget it? The Terminator is... Is your term... Well, it's, it's I'll Be Back is the most famous, but it's like that end. I'm talking about like, the final boss. kicker. Yeah. yeah the when, final when you're kicker. Ki- when you're killing the boss. Yep. You're terminated fucker. What's it? An alien's get away, get away from, from her, you bitch. bitch. We know that. The Abyss. I don't, I don't um, think there is one. I think it does have one. He might say something to Bean. Yeah. I think he's yeah. got some little tagline that he says, but I can't, it's been a while since I've seen it. I would not have remembered you're fired from True Lies. I wouldn't have either. That was but, a great one. But that clearly is one. Asa La Vista Baby. Asa uh, La Vista Baby. Titanic. Uh, I think Titanic Asa does have one. Avatar, Avatar, The Way of Water. I don't I, know. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think it had one in The Way of Water either. Yeah, great send-off lines. We love you, Big Jim. Yep.